Final seconds at the race course. All eyes on the referee. Anybody watch any football at the weekend? I heard there was a game on. I didn't watch any, mate. Didn't you? What no, happened? no. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I didn't. Richie, did you see anything? I, I caught a, I caught a game on Saturday afternoon. I think Maidstone. Oh, somebody. <laughs> so uh, we're back again as a threesome. And interestingly, the last time uh, you might not know this, Alex, the last time I saw Richie, we were cuddling on the pitch, and he had a blow-up trophy. Do you even do you even remember that, or were you too blottoed? No. I remember that, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, that was when the bedlam and the mayhem started. Um, it wasn't that one, was it? It was that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the, the beauty of a podcast and not being a video podcast, Richie still has said "blow up trophy" uh, in in his lounge or wherever you are. Um, I did see Elliot Lee with one. I did wonder whether that one was that was the same one or well, what had happened, but he must have got another I'll let one. You into a, I'll let you into a sneaky story. Go Basically, on. we threw it um, for Ben Foster, but Aaron Hayden got it. Right. Aaron Hayden passed it on to Elliot Lee. And then, because we've got a talkie at the weekend, there's a big group of us going. I've had to order another five, so they've just arrived this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. But um, Barney once one off me in, in talkie, he said. I spoke to him in a pizza shop, but we'll get to that later. In the pizza shop. There's many a story of a kebab in a pizza shop and McDonald's and boots being open and people driving around in the, in the back of the boots. And oh, my days. So, I mean, where do we start? Give us the, where were you in the, where were you in the uh, build up to it then, Richie? Where were you in the day before the uh, game? My squid. My squid oh, for a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you went inside um, and listened yeah, to who was inside. speaking. Well, we, it was meant to obviously be Lee Trundle, but yeah. um, he had a Cardiff and Swansea Legends game on the Sunday. Ah, so right. they, they got to rearrange. So they've got um, we have Mickey Thomas, okay, uh, Gareth Owen, yeah. uh, Mark Crichton, yeah. uh, Mark McGregor said a couple of words as well. Nice one. So it was, really, uh, it was a really good atmosphere. And it sort of broke the day because it was different people. Yeah. Um, so it was really good, to be fair. Um and a bit of a tactic because we can get to the bar dead easy as well because it's only just the people who are in the room there, wasn't it? Yeah, we were outside. We were outside. Um, I was with uh, Michael Starkey and Neil and partners, and uh, we had a few beers. But like you say, you know the queues were uh, the queues were big. But they moved. To be fair, they did do a good job. Um, yeah, and people may or may not have raided the Shell Garage or whatever it is. Uh, and brought their own beers. Um, Mr. Carter, go on, get, set the scene, the build-up. Where, where were you? 
Yeah, I was in town from about one o'clock. Um, started off in the fat ball, ventured to Gates's or the Crafty Dragon, whatever it's called now. Uh, yeah. Um, a sticky floor um, venue. Very, yeah, just my kind of place, to be honest. <laughs> and final stop at the Mice Gwyn um, before heading into the ground on commentary. Couldn't drink because I was on commentary. Um, to be fair, I did have one. Um, just metal. Keep that one quiet, though. <laughs> Keep that one. It was out of my system by kickoff. Um, yeah, then into the ground for about, I think, five, quarter past five. Um, I actually got caught up in the sort of 12th man march about an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. I thought I was going to get to the ground late, but it was good to be good to be in the march as well and then soak in the atmosphere. Yeah, I've seen photos. We, we, uh, my plan was to we went and watched the players actually first. We went and watched the players come to the ground and then we went to the mice Gwyn. And my idea was to come back to watch the march and walk with them. But actually, we just ended up talking to so many people in the mice Gwyn that we got caught up and we, we forgot about it. And the beer was too nice. So, uh, you know, <laughs> what what do you what do you do? I don't know what you meant to do, like. So, um, so yeah. Um, so I had a. I mean, it was a cracking weekend for me. I may or may not have made my documentary debut. Um, I guess we'll see in the final cut, won't we, from uh, Michael Starkey's visit uh, and Claire's visit. So, um, so we'll see. Um, so to have that on the Friday and then that on the Saturday was quite fun. Um, and then I guess there was a football game. Um, we, we should dissect it a little bit. What were your thoughts, Richie, when you, I guess, first half, what were you thinking? I think, uh, like a lot of the last few home games, I think uh, it's a game of two halves, you know, an old saying. But we've also, like I've said many times before on the podcast, this team just, they are robots. They'll always score a goal. Uh, and, and at home, you know, you know, we nearly beat a team who's just be, who's going to get promoted to the to the Premier League tonight at home. You know, it was a last-minute equaliser. So, I'd back ourselves against anybody at home. So, I was just always... You think, you look and you go, do you know what? When we get out of second gear, that we they won't be able to cope with us. And I think that was the case, really, because the game was over, really, wasn't it, with 15 minutes to go? Well, I thought we had game on after about 30 seconds or something. What, <laughs> what was your... How, how was the commentary, uh, Gantry, Alex, when, uh, when they scored? <laughs> Oh, you could hear a pin drop about for the first 10 seconds after they scored. I don't think people could believe what had happened because it was so early and we're not used to conceding goals at the race course. Um, yeah, we were shocked, but credit to the fans um, in the Molwell in all stands, really, after the goal. They didn't go quiet, they didn't go flat, and they uh, kept the atmosphere going. Um, I think everyone knew that even though we did go 1-0 down, we'd come back. I know it sounds weird, but it was a good time for them to score rather than scoring on, what, 30, 40 minutes or just before half-time, like, like Notts County did. Um, so even at 1-0 down, full of optimism that we'd get back into the game and only took us, what, 10, 11 minutes for, for Elliot Lee to get the equaliser? 
Yeah, I said to the guys that sit around me, I said they've scored too early here. Um, you know, you can poke the nest a bit, can't you, if you score too early? And I think that's what they did. It focused our minds, and we had plenty of time, obviously, to uh, to get the uh, to get the business done. Um, but yeah, that first half was I don't know. Um, it was funny because it was uh, I was relieved that we got that goal. But what a cross from Barney again! You know, if he'd have been here all season, honestly, I think we'd have been we'd have been touting him as uh, as potentially a player of the season. Jones, Barney, up against Ilisamni, one of the key battles. On its cross, great play, equaliser! Elliot Lee! Didn't take them long to get back on terms. And the man who was the hero here against Notts County, the match winner, has got the goal that's made it. Yeah, he's made a massive difference, hasn't he? He's, um, he's something which I think a lot of people have been screaming for. And it's obviously nothing against Ford, because I think Ford's had a good season when yeah, he's played. Yeah. Um, but Barney just, he's that. He, they've said, didn't they, he wasn't actually planned to come in, was he? Uh, obviously, what happened with, with Ford, that's why they had to sort of push on, because Barney was earmarked for the summer transfer window. That's right, yeah. Um but you know, thank God, you know, obviously we didn't want anything to happen to anybody. But what a what a sign he's been in Jan- for well, January, wherever he come in for us that he's just made a massive effort and he he puts the ball on the, he puts it on the money, doesn't he? And that's what the strikers love. You know, Elliot Lee and Mullin. I think he said that Lee said they were sat around having dinner last week or something. He was like, just put it in the back stick. Me or Mullins will be there every time. Put it in the back stick. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, and that was. We, we, that's what we were told we were getting, wasn't it? His delivery was was excellent, um, yeah. but it was interesting. I I, I envisaged his his delivery being excellent for Palmer and Dolby, but it's actually been for Mullin and Lee more so. Uh, uh, arguably weird, isn't it? Yeah, you think uh, you think it'd be the big guys who would be uh, would be uh, snapping it up. Um, so, t- I mean, obviously the team was tweaked. I guess uh, the hands were forced with Tony Cliff. Um, who I'd seen in the uh, in the players' entrance actually with a hot water bottle uh, carrying a hot water bottle, and I thought, oh, well, that's that's definitely not him playing um, the day before. Um, I, I thought uh, Palmer would come back in, um, and I, I I didn't know uh, what we were going to do at left back. I just assumed Ford would start. But did anybody think anything different um, about the sort of team that we'd put out? No. Um... It was a team I expected, to be honest. Um, obviously, goalkeeper picks itself. Um, back five, if Mendy's fit, I think pretty much picked itself as well. Um, although, to be fair, Ford played very well um, in that position against Yeovil on the, on the Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> midfield three, no surprises there. The only thing that you say could have been the, the Dolby Palmer um, choice for Parkey, but I'm glad he chose Dolby, to be honest. I think Dolby has probably pay, played better than Ollie Palmer has in the running. Um, I think he causes the defence and lots of problems. Um, but it was good to see Ollie get on the end, get on at the end um, for his appearance as well. But it was the team I expected, to be honest, so no surprises my end. Richie, anything from you? Anything? Were you 
I think he went with form, didn't he? he and that's how, how he bases it. Um, we know he doesn't make many changes, does he? You definitely wouldn't be more than two tweaks. Like you say, I heard on Thursday that Mendy's was just a slight knock and he was sort of, if he got through training Thursday, he sort of started anyway. Um, and I think with the strikers, I think he, I think he got it spot on again. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, any other highlights from that first half? I mean, the 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 Lee header is is classy. Controls it. Uh, the ball is brilliant from Barnett. Um, anything else in that first half that really stood out? I thought they should have probably scored a second. Um... Having a cross came in from the right-hand side. Back Foster post to the left-back. Hesitated, and it was the Ilisamni, the left-back, who yeah. got absolutely murdered by Barnett for most of the match, by the way. He I thought he'd won a competition to play. He was terrible. He got shell-shocked, yeah. Like you say, it's like they plucked him out from the away fans or something. Um, it was, yeah. But if it's a striker, the striker probably takes that chance because it's a left-back, maybe panicked or misjudged his header a little bit but yeah that was a, a bit of a let off yeah yeah there wasn't too much else though um to be fair i think you're right that is that was the uh, that was the standout moment so we, we're one all one all half time aren't we and how are we feeling then are we are we stood there thinking i'm confident we're definitely going to turn it round or are you thinking oh you know i'm not sure again are you you know me uh, every confidence to be ever yeah, yeah. at home every time, um, and you just if anything, if someone said, and you know, we go back to obviously with the owners what their careers are, it was set up, wasn't it, for perfectly for Mullin just to to go out and just do exactly what he's done all season and show why he uh, he's he's as good as what he is. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, if you if you live in Nottingham. They all think that Langstaff is the uh, the bee's knees, but I'll tell you what, Macaulay Langstaff cannot lace the boots of Paul Mullin. Paul Mullin does so much off the ball, on the ball, creating for himself, creating for others. There is nobody better up until maybe the top of League One. People start to become close to him. There's nobody can touch him at the, the levels that we are and the level that we are next season. He is absolutely different gravy, Alex. 100% agree. And there's two sentences which sum it up for me. Paul Mullen could do what Macaulay Langstaff does, but Macaulay Langstaff can't do what Paul Mullen does. Absolutely. As simple as that. If Paul Mullen wanted to be a fox in the box and get 44 goals per season, he could do that easily, but... Mullen can take the game by the scruff of the neck and make something out of nothing, like we saw against Notts County, like we saw against Boreham Woods, like we've seen in most of the matches this season. He's probably the best Wrexham player I've ever seen. And you take into account what he's like off the field as well. He's an absolute legend, absolute legend. I think I put on Twitter yesterday, I, th I put a picture of him looking at the trophy. And I, th I forget exactly the wording, but I said, I've seen some... Uh, incredible players over the last 35 years at Wrexham, and I've seen some terrible players, but I've not seen one like him, Richie. He is, you know, he is absolutely <clears throat> class apart. Yeah, he's... Um, I think for me, I've got to see... I've got to see him in League Two, as in for what 
the levels he's got, no one can argue with. And I'm not going to say he's not a good player, not at all. But I've, I, I want to see because obviously I've seen Gary Bennett do it at yeah, a higher level. Same as me. Yeah. Gary Bennett would not do score the goal that Paul Mullins scored on Saturday. You know, granted. Yeah. But Gary Bennett was very good at what he did as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I've seen Lee Trundle. I've seen Andy Morell. Um, he's got the all-round package. I would say he's got that. Yeah. Um, and I think also he's learned because he's his uh, his discipline's improved, isn't it? Again. You yeah. Know, he's, he's gone away and he's learned. He's worked on that. Yeah. Hasn't he? And that's that's a sign of a good player, isn't it? Parker's obviously had a little word with him and said, you know, we can't afford to miss you for seven games next year, Paul. Yeah. We need you on the pitch, and he's done it, isn't he? You know. Um, good point. Uh, you know, but I also I think for me, he's 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 probably at, he's at that level. But I think next year for me, he will go. And I'll, I completely agree with what Alex said and yourself, word for word. Next year he will go on, and for me then he will will become the best player I've seen in in thirty eight years of watching him. It was was it was League Two was it it was League Two that he was with Cambridge yeah. wasn't it that he actually yeah. did, that he really had that standout season wasn't it so he should be confident there should be no doubts oh, yeah. for him going into that should there you know there's not it's not like you it's not like you're you know somebody going oh I'm not sure if I can do it he already knows doesn't he so I think that'll be the that'll be the thing that will uh, you know uh, I don't think there'll be any worries for him. Um, about that, and look at the you know look at the the terrible time that he's given the defences for Sheffield United in Coventry. Both those games, he was a right menace, wasn't he? Yeah, man of the match against Championship opposition on two, maybe three occasions. And like you said, they scored what 35, 36 goals for Cambridge in that league two years ago. Um, plus. We probably will bring one or two quality additions in the summer who are going to improve his game even more in terms of assists or crosses or balls into him. So I would put a lot of money on him tearing that league apart next season and scoring 30-plus goals again. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, I mean, the first goal, it comes quite quickly after half-time. He picks that ball up, doesn't he, on uh, on the far side. We were speaking in the mice screen afterwards, I think, Alex, and you said you were kind of behind it when he hit it. So you, you had an idea it was it had a chance stroke was going in, whereas for us, we were kind of side on to it. So we had a like a second delay while we were waiting to see if it hit the net or it, you know, what happened um before the bedlam ensued. Um but what a goal that is. In a big game, a lot of the time in big games, in pressure pressure games like that, people don't take the responsibility. They'll pass the responsibility. 
Um, so you'll see it in big games. Players won't shoot. They'll keep passing to each other because nobody wants to hit it in case they hit it wide or over. He just picks it up as a run. I think he just kind of, kind of brushes off uh, a defender and just rasped it into the top corner pass. What we remember is that that's a very capable goalkeeper. Um, uh, well, described as the or end of level boss, wasn't he by uh, by many uh, <laughs> by many a social media site? But that goal is is absolutely sensational given what was at stake yeah and like you say it's easy to score those goals when you're 4-0 up against Torquay at home because you've got the confidence and you've got nothing to lose but to win the ball in the corner and attempt that in such a big game shows you about the character about the person Paul Mullen is and yeah I was in the lager stand towards the cop end and um, on the left hand side, so I had a great, great view of it. Um, and you could see as soon as he hit it, it was curling into that top corner. Even a keeper of, Ash- of Ashmore's quality away to his left didn't get anywhere near, near it, was he? Yeah, absolutely nowhere near it. And like we said on the podcast against Notts County, big players turn up in big games, and it's exactly what Paul Mullen did then. And probably contender for goal of the season in terms of quality and the importance of it as well. And yeah, yeah. um, it just sums up Paul Mullen, doesn't it? Where were you sat, Richie? Um, uh, behind the goal. You were behind the goal again, right? So you're yeah, like yeah. me, you sort of square onto it. And once he hits it, you, you're just waiting for it to hit the net. You're not sure, like, is it on target? Is it going wide? You don't know until it hits the net, do you? And then, I mean, the, yeah, sta- the stand um... was shaking when uh, when it went in. We were pretty much, because we were lower tier, the third row, pretty much I was dead in line with where he hit it because we were that far, that far along, if that makes sense, towards mm-hmm. the, the away fans. So I was pretty much dead in line where he hit it. But then, you, like you say, you, it's that that moment where you just think, oh, my God, and you just look. And then when you just see the, the net ripple, obviously, and um, then it just the stadium just erupted, didn't it? And yeah. um, the, the, uh, the first goal was... I'll be honest. I've seen if if someone in the Premier League did what he did, yeah, then it, it's up there for goal of the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially as they, it's given you. You have to. There's context to every goal, and it's given the importance yeah. and what's on it, isn't it? And what it means, yeah, or what it potentially means, because at that point, obviously, you don't really know, do you? Because um, no. we don't really know how the game's going to go. Um, and then I've lost track then of how how long it was till his next goal.
Um, but again, he's, you know, I think it's Evans, the defender. He's like twisted and turned him inside out. I'm not sure. I think he's still dancing somewhere on the semicircle. Um, and when he hits that left foot, again, for, you know, it's bedlam, just absolute bedlam ensued in the, uh, and I think that was the goal that probably for a lot of people, that that was it then. There was probably a bit of comfort about the game. Um, I don't know whether that was the same for you, Alex, or not, but um, I think uh, a lot of people seemed that was when the dancing started and the hugs and the kissing, and there was still 20 minutes left or something, I think. Yeah, there was a bit of poetic justice in that goal for me, by the way. I'm not sure if anyone else noticed, but it was Chris Bush who went in for the header, completely missed it, and that's what allowed Paul Mullen in. Right. Um, And Chris Bush was the player who two years ago at the race course stamped on... Dior Angus's head, um, which Dior Angus obviously wasn't very happy about. And Chris Bus has that reputation amongst the National League, to be fair. So to see him mess up as well was uh, an added bonus. But yeah. Doubly sweet. Double, exactly, doubly sweet. But great goal by Plum on his left foot as well. Um, but you know what? Even at 3 1, I was still. You were still sure. Edgy. Still yeah. weren't sure. It wasn't counting any chickens because Richie's shaking his head. See, I'm the same. Even even on like on the 80th minute, and people are like hugging and still hugging and kissing, and I'm like, I've seen too much football to be to be not worried about this yet. Um, I'm like, and I'm like, there's oh, I'm screaming. There's overloads at the back here, and you know, I'm still I'm still in it. I'm still worried until that final whistle. But oh, Richie, Richie lives in a one. different world to us, I think. Probably had more alcohol than us. <laughs> <laughs> so no, to be one... fair, it's um, it's one of them ones. It's you know when you've bought an absolute star-studded team on FIFA and you just can't lose. <laughs> that, that's how this this squad is, especially at home as well. I mean, we all watch the Barnet game and you're all thinking, "Oh my God, what's going on here?" After Halifax, so close. But I think when it was a genius idea to rearrange the Yeovil game for when it was. That's got to be mentioned by the club. That I think Garrett Parry's pulled that out of the hat for me. Um, I know the league have a bit of a say so, but obviously Wrexham have to organise it. So that was a, it, it, you know, if somebody had said at the start of the season, oh yeah, we'd love to have won it in February, March, but after the way Notts County have been, we just couldn't shrug them off. But if they said to you, you've got two games in a week at home, you'd have sucked that, wouldn't you, to win the league? You knew, I think it's quite confident people would be, you know, we weren't going to do a usual, oh, Wrexham, they'll mess it up. At home, we're just a different machine, aren't we, to anybody? Yeah, yeah. Just two, just two points dropped. Um, who else stood out for us then in that game? Because obviously, you know, Mullins going to take all the headlines, uh, quite rightly. Um, to be fair, you know, you've scored two wonder goals basically in a title deciding game. Um, but who else stood out for you? Um, I think we have to mention Ryan Barnett again. Yeah. Um, He's just an old school sort of winger wide player, isn't he? Not afraid to take on his man. He's got pace. He's got the cross in in his armory as well. Um, by the way, I think his pace in League Two next season will really come in handy. Yeah. Um, I just think he was solid again. Big moment for the first goal, taking on his man. Great cross at the back post, and he's always on the front foot as well. Never gives his opposite number a moment's rest and. He really unsettled Boreham Woods' um, left wing back or left back of the Samney. And Mendy was good. Was Mendy, yeah, I mean, Mendy was good though. Given yeah. where where he'd been lately. Yeah, Mendy played very well. Um, 
obviously injury and issues around confidence. I'm not sure, but he had to have a conversation with Parkey at some point um, in the last few weeks. He was very good. I think apart from the first 45 seconds where you could probably point the finger at O'Connell, Toe was possibly Foster. I think after that, everyone was solid. And the defence, the midfield, we looked lively up front. I think it was a game where everyone was a, a 7 out of 10. Yeah, we'd probably give them a 10. Yeah. 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 Would you agree with that, Richie? Or was there anybody else that you thought stood out? I I think James Jones did well. Um, he's, he, you know, I love the way Foster now, we've got rats, haven't we, and ferrets from uh, from his videos and that, whatever. And he loves ratting, James Jones, doesn't he? He got around the pitch and... He, you know, he disrupted things and then he gives it to the players who can do things with the ball. And that's nothing to say about his ability, but he's got an engine in there, isn't he? He knows yeah. what he's doing. But I would go, I, I, I go with Alex, but I'd say Tozer as well, you know, because yeah. you need a bit of a calming influence. Like you say, we don't know what was said on the pitch, but everyone must have thought around and gone, what the has happened here after the goal went in? Yeah. But just a bit, he was just calmed it down and just, you know, uh, he had his, another solid game, like Alex said. There, there was a lot of seven out of tens, which is great, isn't it, for a you know a, a big game like that? And then, you know, that's why we've got then quality players to do the stuff at the other end of the pitch. Yeah, we won't tempt, we won't uh, get into uh, the chat of uh, player of the season and stuff yet. We'll 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 do that post the season, I think, when uh, when we know fully who's done what and what it meant, etc. Um, but yeah, so. Full-time whistle goes. Uh, uh, there was the inevitable pitch invasion. Interestingly, all the, the coppers came up the, te- up the tech end. Uh, they must have been stood straight in front of you, Richie, were they? Trying to look big with yeah. North Wales police and everyone was looking at them going, yeah, you ain't stopping us, mate. There was um, there was a few issues a bit close to home with the security staff, which has been dealt with by the club. Um, just uh, let's just say, manhandling children isn't really uh, in their okay. job description. Right. Okay, interesting. Um, so pitch invasion. I've seen. I saw Alex on the pitch. Uh, I, I, I was. In fact, I think I said to you the other day. I was waving at you, but you couldn't see me. I think when I'd gone back. Um, but did you have to leave the comment? You had to leave the commentary gantry and vault down, or what did you do, Alex? Well, I asked um, the people who provide the service before kickoff what's the arrangement in terms of finishing the commentary. So they said, <laughs> Can You do it on your own, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> finish it at full time and then come back on when the trophy presentation's happening. Right. So I thought, Happy days, I've got a 15-minute window, enjoy myself on the pitch, get back up to the commentary position for when the players come back out. So, yeah, like a dart, I was onto the pitch, 
I was right next to um, Jordan Davis, who'd been propped up by a few supporters. And yeah, great scenes. Yeah. Uh, Richie, you hurdled, obviously, the uh, advertising hoarding. Yes. In one swoop. Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> did you drag the other half with you? or who, who, what? Yeah, yeah, do? she was on there, yeah. Right. We were on there. Yeah, well, there's both. two handles on the trophy, wasn't there? So we had to both go. Oh, is that the excuse, was it? Yeah, right, okay. that's the excuse. Yeah, you see, I had to get down from uh, upper tech end to lower tech end. And the choice was we either go down into the concourse and obviously take the normal route at the end onto the lower level, or we have to uh, sort of vault down. Uh, fortunately, there was a, a, a lady there to help because obviously my my lad wouldn't... It's, it is about, I don't know, it's a six-foot drop or something. Uh, yeah. But there was, she, she was... Putting the, she was holding the seat down so he didn't have to go as far and stuff, and then helping him because uh, I was gone. I was like, I was off. <laughs> like, I was, that was it. Like, um, so yeah, uh, you get on the pitch and you get those scenes and you know some of those photos and the Foster vlog. Um, you know those are magical moments, aren't they? And they did a really good job, as Ben Foster talks about on his Foscast this week, of editing those pictures together um, with the uh, you know some some nice moody montages that they did. Which will be, you know, we'll forever watch them, but they would have gone around the world. This is the bonkers bit now, isn't it? You know, all around the world, those videos went. Yeah, there's two pieces of content which stand out for me from the pitch invasion. One was the picture of Mullen propped up with the fans all in front of him. I think it was Neil's partner or wife who took that one. I've got a story, I've got a story about that. Go on, you carry on, go on, carry on, and then I'll give us the story. That one, that's my screensaver, by the way. And Don't tell him that, he'll want you to pay for it. I've already paid him. <laughs> and then the other one was a section of Foster's vlog when sort of the music slowed down that's slightly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Slow motion shots of the fans on the pitch, of the players celebrating. That was a, a really nice piece of content. Um, but go on. Tell us his story. So just out of interest, did you know that his, Neil and his missus had been on CNN yesterday? To discuss the photo? Yeah, I yes. saw, that. saw yeah. that. So don't want to spoil the documentary for anybody because um, this was all recorded by the documentary crew. So we were outside the club shop with Michael Starkey, with Claire, Lizzie and Neil and me. And we were uh, talking to Ollie Palmer. Um, all being filmed, obviously, by the documentary. And uh, Ollie said, oh, you're all going to the game tomorrow, I assume. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Michael, obviously, was, yeah, yeah. Neil was Neil and Lizzie didn't have tickets. So they didn't have any tickets. So they were like, no, we've tried for weeks, but we haven't been able to get any tickets. So Ollie calmly says, puts his hands in his pockets and goes, oh, he says, I can't promise anything, but just give me a minute. So he disappears into the club shop. And I think I actually said to Neil, I said, listen, don't get excited. And Neil, to be fair, was of the mentality that he wasn't going to be able to get to this game because of the fact they've been trying for weeks. There's been hardly any spare tickets going as there. People haven't been selling them and et cetera. So while he comes back out, uh, looking very forlorn, uh, with his hands in his pockets of his hoodie, obviously a WXM clothing hoodie, uh, saying, I'm really sorry, couldn't get any. And I think Neil actually says, that's all right. Don't worry. It's, uh, you know, we kind of knew. Before Ollie goes in his pockets, pulls out two tickets and sort of, you know, ta-da! 
So if you think about that story now, that the fact that Liz, that Lizzie and Neil didn't actually have tickets, only got them the day before, and then she's taken that photo, which is obviously you know one of the iconic photos now. I guess is how you would describe it, you know, CNN worthy, you know, CNN interview worthy. Um, just some things are meant to be, uh, and uh, and uh, and that that was clearly one of them because you know it is it's the outstanding picture for me. There's been loads of good videos, TikTok's full of loads of good videos, but as a picture, that was the one because of the scale. You could see so many people behind. Um, well, technically, it's in front of Mullin, I guess, because that photo is from behind, isn't it? Um, you can see so many people, you know, just and and the happy faces and the singing, and it's just, you know, that that'll be the photo for me that'll sort of that'll I'll remember it by. Yeah, it reminds me of sort of almost like you know Diego Maradona photos when he's mobbed by Boca Junior fans when you've got yeah. a player iconic, they've got the crowd in the the palm of their hand. It's almost like that. I love it. What a photo. Mullin did actually put it on, um, I think it was on Instagram, but he'd put it next to, he'd put a picture, he'd put that picture along with the uh, picture of Steve Watkin, I think it was, on somebody's shoulders uh, after the Arsenal game. Um, and, there was, you know, there is a resemblance, there is a similarity to him. Um, and I thought that was uh, that was a really good touch. Um, so good old Neil is now trying to monetize his picture. <laughs> uh, he's got an Etsy shop where you can buy. I think it was the was there mugs, bags. There's a tote bag, mugs, posters, bags. I can't, I can't remember what else there is. I should have looked before we came on. Um, You'll but sign them for an extra fiver as well. <laughs> so I did, and I said to him before when they obviously they've just announced the um, the open top bus parade for next, for Tuesday at quarter past six. Uh, I said, I, I did say to him, I said, you're going to be running around trying to sell merch, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I, I said, I'd help you, but I'm going to be too busy having a beer. If the sun's out, that's going to be cracking, that is, don't you think? Uh, you know, uh, be a good excuse to have a midweek, a midweek bevy. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, tell you check, what. Check your diaries. I'm checking can... the weather now. <laughs> well, yeah. See, see what it looks like. Not that the weather's ever accurate, but, uh, you know. Oh, 17 degrees and sunny. Oh, that's why they picked it. That's why they picked yeah. the Tuesday. <laughs> I, hope Wayne, I hope Wayne's found some beer because the turf was drunk dry. He lost the keys to the butty van. I mean, it's just like, you can't make it up, can you? They, they, they got drunk dry. Yeah, no, to be fair, it's, um, it just adds to the story, doesn't it, of... Yeah. Uh, of what Wayne and the turf are going through, really. It's, um, well, you know, and I was in there on the Friday. It was full of, well, there was Americans doing live podcasts from there. There were the uh, Channel 5 were in there. Um, I think it was Channel 5. It was it was, it was was full of international fans and international flavour. Um, the uh, And I'm guessing, you know, the majority of, pubs would have been but i guess the turf would be the the pinnacle given its association obviously with the uh, with the club so what what are our other memories then what were the other stories anybody got any good any good ones apart from the fact that afterwards alex rinsed me and you know, i i bought loads of beers <laughs> i'll buy you a pint back on tuesday oh good lad that's what i like to see we um we added to the mice quinn after the yeah. game. Yeah, um, we were there. You were you inside then? Because we were outside in, in the rain, weren't we? We were yeah. outside and we went inside just, just at the start to rain. Uh, so we've seen Bryn Law leaving. 
Yeah. I'd, I'd uh, hug with Brynny. He'd, he'd had a few then. Um, but there was only, like I say, 30 or 40 of us in there. We were all singing and that in there. And we had a couple of pints in there and we thought, right, well, heading to town or maybe the turf. So as we go past then, I was like, all the lights are on in the mo- in the in the Macron stand here. That's right. They're all and, there, uh, The doorman was obviously there and there. There's a couple of people outside. And then we opened the window and someone goes, oh, and had a chat with Max Clover's dad. And then he yep. grabbed Max and Max comes to the window. Uh, Ollie Palmer sort of went trudging past and uh, shouting and singing and that, whatever. And we went to one the turf and then we made our way into town. Um, to which, obviously, we met Barney in the uh, in the pizza shop in King Street. Um, he wouldn't give me his flag, his champion's flag from the bar. But um, I said, oh, you can give me your shirt to talk. He said, how oh, will I know it's you? I said, well, there'll be inflatable trophies there. So you'll know where to uh, where to look. So that's why we've got five, so we can't see. Can't didn't miss see you one. then. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> one of us has got to get his shirt. Um, but yeah, obviously, Jacob Mendy's story is quite funny. I've heard that one as well. Saw him, um, in the, saw him eating pizzas and in the kebab queue or whatever he was. Well, the kebab shop was, was empty. He ran out of food again. It seems yeah. to be a common theme of the weekend. And um, a lady said, well, hang on a minute. And she went over to her husband and she said, if I got you a photo of Jacob Mendy, can I have your kebab? So he said, yeah. So she took his kebab and Jacob Mendy came over for a photo, which is quite, uh, which is great, really. I'll tell you what was quite interesting. I think on the Foscast that uh, Foster did yesterday, he said that they were in the aviation suite, but they were having to use Bluetooth speakers because there's no speakers in that room. Um, and I went past on Tuesday and I could swear, right, there was boxes and boxes of sound system outside and somebody waiting by the doors. So I think they've already put sound system in that aviation suite now, having realised that it was missing it on the, on the Saturday <laughs> night. They don't mess about. There was Honestly, there was boxes and I thought, and it actually said sound system. Sound system. I was like, wow, what, what's going on there? And then that came out yesterday. I was like, oh, that must be what it is. Can't believe it. Does you see on Fozzie's about Mark Howard as well? The photo of him when all the beer arrived. On That's the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when uh, all the Madri and Wrexham or whatever it was that was on that yeah. uh, on that sack truck. Yeah, that was class. That was only adding to the tension by respotting the ball. Scott for North County. Get ready to relive the action as we dive deep into the latest match review on the Racecourse Ramble podcast. So what I thought we'd do just um, just for the second uh, the second half of this today was just look ahead. We're gonna we're gonna look ahead. We're not even gonna have to dream about this. We're just gonna look ahead to some of the uh, the changes um, from the National League to League Two that we're gonna have to contend with next season. So I've, I did a little graphic which I put out before on Twitter. Um, so on that Racecourse Ramble, it's there. I've, I, I spent all of about. Ooh, 48 seconds making that. Um, so these are some things that you might or might not realise that we're going to have to contend with next season. Okay? Um, are we uh, Are we all set for this? I can see that everybody's really excited. I can tell. <laughs> right, let me find my graphic. So some of this you'll know. Some some A lot of it we won't know because it's been so long that we're since we've not had to look at this type of stuff, have we? Um, uh, and obviously some of it might change over the summer because rules and regs change regularly, don't they? Um, yeah. So, Alex, how many subs can we have in the in League Two? I believe you can now name seven subs in your matchday squad. 
Okay. But so, there oh, is cool. a caveat to that. Oh, I'm going. Your read. Stop. You're reading my graphic. You're spoiling this. No, now. this is just my knowledge. No, it's I'm not at all. Knowledge. I know it's not. What's the caveat, Alex? Um, let me just go on Racecourse Ramble. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'll tell you what it is because it, it it took a lot of digging, right? So uh, you can you can name seven subs. Yeah, you're allowed to use five of them, which is quite nice. Um, yeah. There are three substitution windows that you're allowed to use, uh, excluding half time. <coughs> okay. We all with that. We've all got that. Yeah. I think we're getting used to that now with the Premier League. So, yeah. um, so there is that. Um, now, if you uh, will save the caveat because it comes up later on, um, but the uh, you've got to have the caveat comes around a club developed player being one of those substitutes. So um, that comes further a bit further down. Um, so, Richie, what do we think of artificial pitches? Well, we know you can't have them in League Two. So I didn't ask you that. I asked you, what do you think of them? <laughs> uh, I don't like them. Yeah. So neither does the Football League. So we're not going to have to contend with them anymore, thankfully. Um, so yeah, non, not they're not allowed at all. So uh, we don't have to. Uh, we don't have to worry about that. Right, Alex. What do you know about salary cost management protocols? Is this financial fair play? Of a fashion, it is, yeah. I know that you can only spend up to 55% of your turnover on player wages. That's right. Uh, and Humphrey Kerr assures us that we're well in on that, doesn't he? Uh, he's been on yeah. Talk Sport and I think he's been on the one of the Beebs podcasts as well. He's been, he's been doing the rounds. He's, he's been on the media rounds. Um, now, it's hard for us to see that data because we don't get it on the uh, on the accounts they don't give us that level of data to know, so we're just going to have to trust them, aren't we? Um, but what we would say is, obviously, we know our revenue is massive because of um, you think about the uh, the big attendances, the high sponsorship, the documentary, documentary obviously will kick in next year on the accounts. So I think theoretically, we even though we are spending a lot on wages, we should still be a force to be reckoned with there, um, which is uh, which is. Good to know, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, I think we're gonna have a good shot of going up again next year. Um, squad rules, Richie. What do we know? How many players can you have in a squad? Let's get technical here. Hmm. Is it 21? Sort of close. So you're allowed 22 people in your squad, but weirdly, that excludes goalkeepers and players under the age of 21. So so you, that's a bit weird. So we can have four goalkeepers again if we want next year, if we think we're going to need them, um, and it's not going to affect us. So, yeah, you can have a 22-man squad, which excludes goalkeepers and under-21 players. Um, so, again, you know, we carried a large squad last year. That You could argue that was, um, that was you know, possibly what got us over the line at times. So um, we should be there. We should be well in there. But we're going to get nitty-gritty now. So... How many homegrown players do we have to have, Alex? And what is a homegrown player? He's reading. So, I can tell he's reading. <laughs> so, you need to have eight players who are homegrown. You do. And the interesting definition of homegrown is they must have trained in England or Wales 
for three seasons prior to their 21st birthday. So now we're starting to get, you know, we're starting to get some caveats and complications we didn't have to think about before. So when you're starting to build squads, these are the type of things that obviously uh, that that we have to be wary of. And I mean, the majority of our players that were, you know, would qualify as that anyway. Um, yeah. So you know, I think 99% of them. Not sure about Mendy. Because obviously he was a he was his his youth days were in Atletico I think, and this Dyke Steel that they brought in last season you know if he was to be good enough to come into the first team, not quite sure where he was but you know the majority of them were not going to have any trouble. Um, the the interesting one is the club developed player right, so this is the one that this is this is a rule that I think is potentially going to keep Max Jordan. Maybe a bicker staff, Kai Evans. Um, we're going to have to have one, of, you know. We're going to have to have one of them probably in our match day squads, nearly every game. So you have to have one club developed player in your match day squad. And what a club developed player is somebody who's registered for the club for a period of twelve months, up and or prior to the end of their under nineteen season. Now, if you haven't got one of those. You can only name six substitutes. So if you've got one, you can have a seventh person on the bench. And I did do some searching around, and it'd be you'd be amazed how many times clubs can't make up their in League Two can't make up seven players on the subs bench. So um, so that is going to be key. Uh, I like because obviously you start to think about. Uh, I was listening to another podcast. And they were saying, well, maybe Max Clareworth might be better to go out on loan. And get some football behind him. Um, well, you know, you potentially, if you if you're too thin in those um, club developed players, you lose a substitute. So what do you do? This is going to be really interesting to see what you know, see what Phil Parkinson does there. I think. Um, so let's go on to cup games then. So we we lose the FA Trophy, Richie. How devastated are you? Oh, sorry. For, for a minute, then I thought so I thought I was bothered. Then, uh, then no, 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 not at all. Yeah, <laughs> but that was like, yeah, no, I'm really not. <laughs> um, but we gain a, we gain a couple of trophies, don't we? So we gain the Carabao Cup, uh, which yes. is uh, you know potentially if you can have a run in that is uh, is decent. Um, and then I don't know obviously whether they've still got the sponsorship, but the Papa John's Trophy. We're in the Papa John's Trophy uh, now. The Papa John's Trophy for those that don't know, the big teams. Um, they put under twenty three teams in it, don't they? They don't normally put their uh, they don't normally put their first teams in. They put their I don't know what they call them anymore. We, we used to call them reserves, but now they're uh, you know I think the under twenty three is the equivalent of the reserves now, isn't it? Even though I think you're allowed a couple of a couple of over development squad. In. I think it's yeah, there's a better word. Yeah, development yeah. squads. Yeah. Um, so are we excited about the Papa John's Trophy, Alex? Um... Not really. Depends who we draw. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's the equivalent of probably the FA trophy, isn't it? In the fact, unless you get to the Wembley and get to the final, it's probably not worth pursuing. But if you can get a big team from League One, um, there is still going to be big teams in League One this season. Yeah. So Chef Wednesday, Derby, um, Ipswich, Ipswich the Cocoa. Some the, yeah, some of those big, you know, big clubs who've got 30,000 gates or whatever that, you know, exactly. some of them get. So if you could go to Wembley and play one of those, we're used to playing poorly supported teams in inverted commas at Wembley, but if we could play a 
a Sheffield Wednesday at Wembley. I know it's a far away off yet. That would be a great occasion. So it's probably a chance to play maybe some of our fringe players in it, like we did with the FA Trophy. Um, so it's much higher profile, though, isn't it? That's the big thing. You know, it is much higher profile than the FA Trophy. Yeah, it is purely because of the size of the teams in there and maybe the chance to get some Premier League exposure if we're playing United under-23s, for example. So if we talk about if we talk about exposure in TV, so this is where we really start to see a, a difference now. So obviously BT Sport don't have any rights currently to the EFL. Uh, the rights to the EFL are owned by who, Richie? ITV. Sky TV. <clears throat> Not ITV. Sky TV. Um, so they do highlight programmes and stuff um, on ITV, but the rights are on Sky. Um, and the reason that you probably didn't know that is because they basically show next to no League Two football on Sky. Next to nothing. Uh, now, I just wonder, I did put a tweet out the other day, I just wonder whether that might change with Wrexham, given the interest that there is uh, and the you know the audience that they would potentially get. Some of those top of the table games, maybe you know they might put more on, um, but you know they 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 really concentrate on League One and Championship um, for the TV coverage as standard on Sky. So we'll be relying on the streaming services. So it'll be interesting to see what we do here because obviously I follow was a platform I think Sean Harvey was involved in putting together for the football league. Um, so that's established; it's up and running already. Um, but clubs do have the option to do their own. So I would have thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, Richie, do you think we'll do our own thing there rather than utilising iFollow? Um, I, I actually had a bit of a, a sneak peek last night. Um, my um, fire stick found um, an EFL and I had Newport and Harrogate on. Yeah. Um, and obviously I flicked on both clubs because I wasn't sure how it worked. Obviously Newport had the... Um, Rob Phillips and Nathan Blake on it, commentating. Flicked on Harrogate's channel. They had their local radio yeah. people on it, things like that. So I worked out from that way. Um, and I also seen that somebody put, was it £140 last year in America? If you wanted to... A pass, a season pass. Yeah, a pass, yeah. yeah. Was that just per team or was that for the whole... You could tune in and watch anyone you want? No, so I believe the difference is that that is per team. Right, um... okay. So um, my understanding is that the National League were quite... Uh, that ability to watch any game on the day um, was uh, was one of the differentiators. So, uh, And obviously they might change it now. They've seen what the National League done. But as it stands, it was per team. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we have got so many people. Um, isn't it a strange rule how you can do your own if you want? That's a bit... Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. if you think, because that's what we wanted to do, if you remember, at that, yeah, that time, we were crying out to... And interestingly, I don't know, did you see uh, Did you see the video I retweeted before from some conference that's going on today? So Sean Harvey and Humphrey Kerr are at some conference, and uh, Sean Harvey, has, uh, uh, there's a little two-minute two clip where he talks about the time... Do you remember when Ryan put those tweets out that sort of basically lambasted the National League for not letting yeah. them stream. Basically saying we've been we've been waiting and waiting and trying and trying and you've basically not done anything. That was all because Sean Harvey basically said to him, we're not getting anywhere, shall we ruffle some feathers? 
Um, and he talks about that in that clip. And Ryan was all for it. Apparently, he was all he was. He was like, "Yeah, what are we? What are we going to do?" Um, so he, it was today that, that that that's come out. So that was quite interesting, I think. Um, but my gut feeling is we'll do our own thing because um, I've seen uh, people talk about the revenues you can potentially make from the streaming. Um, I think some of the sort of average size clubs, I think Bradford was used as an example, made 300,000 from streaming. And I think Ipswich made three quarters of a million from streaming. So, you know, I suspect that given our infrastructure, we'll do it ourselves. Um, and rather than paying us somebody else, but maybe we'll be wrong. I guess we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see. Do you re- just on that, do you remember before the takeover, there was, I think I remember seeing an advert, they were asking for people to apply because they were going to do a Wrexham TV, weren't they? Presenters. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering, obviously, because of on on uh, certain fire sticks, you can uh, each team have got their own TV channel. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether we may have our own TV channel now. Yeah. Because we've got the we've got the following, haven't we? It's not just people in Wrexham going to watch it. It's worldwide following now. Have, yeah. uh, Wrexham TV may may launch. I don't know in June or July, and you yeah. know. It's just an idea. I think that may, if it doesn't happen this year, I think At the year point. after, then it's definitely coming. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, uh, Alex has already. I'm told Alex has got his uh, sizzle reel ready to send. <laughs> my documentary appearances from last year. Yeah, it's got my foot <laughs> in the door. So uh, watch this space. All right, let's crack on through me list. Just going back. Oh, actually, anyway, right. Let's not crack on. Go on. <laughs> I would. I'm calling it now. Sky TV will show us early in the season, either our first game, second game, third game. I mean, they'd be stupid not to with the amount of exposure and interest in us. I think we'll be on TV. Yeah, I think I think that if ever a team is going to be shown in League Two, they'll. I, I, it will be us for obvious reasons, and I just wonder whether they'll they'll just test the water a bit to see. You know, what do they get against the team that finished mid-table last year? What do they get against the, you know, the team at the top of the table? Um, and that, you know, I, I just, I agree. I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, we might, uh, we might see a little bit more um, than, uh, than historically, is what's gone on. International um, break, isn't it normally? And is that what they? Is that, yeah, that yeah. would make sense. That September sense. or October, I think. October more likely, probably. Okay. Uh, when the internet, when the double double header international week. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so we've got, I've put four asterisk teams get promoted from League Two. Uh, I've put asterisk because obviously at any time they might announce a change, obviously, mightn't they? Um, and, you know, given the fact that they want to give an extra space to the National League and obviously there'll be relevant votes and stuff and people keep leaking info that it's definitely happening. Um, but technically three auto go up and one via the, the playoffs. We've got to have a shot at that, haven't we? We've got to have a shot at that. Got to have a shot at that. Um, look at Stockport this season, for example. They, they third at the up, moment. Yeah, well, they went up last season on 94 points. And as it stands, they're fourth. So just fourth, outside right. the automatic um, promotion spots. And I think the squad we've got compared to Stockport's team last season, I think we're much better. better so. Yeah. I'd back us to to get into the top three. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, so I've put it here because it's relevant. Black kits are permitted in the EFL. 
because um, if you remember, obviously they're not permitted in the national league, and we had sort of uh, we had sort of already announced, hadn't we, at season ticket renewal time? I think that we we were yeah. going to have a third kit, which was well, they've described it as black. Whether it was all black or what, we obviously we we await to see. Um, so obviously, what we now know is that you know that black kit will be will will be allowed. And I did again on social media today. There's been a little bit of uh, Gareth Bale talk, right? Which I think is hilarious because there's just no way this is going to happen. But I did say um, if Gareth Bale unveils that black kit by walking out the back of an Ivor Williams horse trailer, we will break the internet. Does anybody disagree <laughs> with that? No, <laughs> no. But I've got I I've got a theory. Oh, Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale, will play against Chelsea and Manchester United in America as an ex. It's an exhibition game. Okay, I I I like that, Richie. I like I, that. That's what I'm thinking. That's that's where my way of I'm assuming of, of he, thinking is, is. Is he still living in America? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. He's still got, he's got yeah, he's yeah. got a house over there and that whatever. Yeah, so that... I think he will play against them. Uh, that would make that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? On yeah. one hand, from a marketing point of view, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mullin can have the week off, uh, and we'll play Bale and Dolby up front. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I hadn't thought of that, Richie. Loving it. Right. Uh, Alex, do we have transfer windows in the EFL? Uh, yes, we do. The transfer yes, do. window is applicable to you... a single team in the league. That's the difference. I, was, I thought you were going to give me dates, and I was going to say, I'm going to give us dates. But yeah, so we're. Uh, that's the difference in it that we were in the national league. There was only us adhering to these transfer windows, whereas obviously everybody will um, in the EFL. So that'll be interesting. Again, you've got to have a bit of squad building, haven't you? Um, so we won't have to play FA Cup preliminary rounds, which is you know again nice. Just that you're losing those games, you gain an extra league. Uh, you know, you gain an extra. Uh, trophy uh, cup, you know, you gain the Papa John's, so you're still playing as potentially as many games, just in different competitions. Um, away allocations, so uh, this has been a, a bone of contention for a lot of people, um, but generally, we're going to. I, I, would you agree, Richie? We're going to bigger stadiums as a general rule, um, so away allocations should be better. Uh, you're not going to get a home ticket if you haven't got probably if you're not fast on the. Uh, Fast on the computer, but away tickets you might have a bit more of a chance of. Yeah, um, it's worth noting. Obviously, predominantly in the in the EFL, they like so for when we play away, they will like Wrexham to manage uh, the tickets as well. Yeah. Whereas in National League, you can choose and do what you want. Yeah. Uh, I.e., Torquay give season ticket holders six tickets or whatever they want. <laughs> um, you have to do predominantly the rule. It's an unwritten rule. They give the tickets to the team, which then means obviously season ticket holders get first dibs on them. Okay, yeah. So I'd have thought we should have a, uh, you know, we should be able to take a few more people away, um, which is good. Obviously, at least if you, you know, you can't get a home ticket, you can have a little bit of an opportunity to to away tickets. Um, so I've I've called it solidarity money, um, but this is the big one, Alex. Um, uh, so the solidarity money is basically the money from the league stroke Premier League because it does filter down and some TV money. So have you got the stat in front of you? Have you have you actually been reading my tweet or are you 
I know it off the top of my head. Oh, what? what, what the, so what? Uh, so what do you get from the National League, Alex? Normally at the start of a season, approximately. Approximately, these aren't exact figures, of course. No, obviously. Around two hundred thousand um, pounds from the National League um, at the start of the season. Okay. However, that increases by, if my maths is good than my English, five hundred percent when you come to EFL. Each team actually gets one point one million pounds. Yeah, that's the so that's the that's a, I mean that's bonkers, isn't it? It's just, just you know, you're nine hundred thousand pound better off just for just for being in the league, um, and that's what obviously I mean. What that that must that be three weeks worth of Mullins wages, wouldn't it, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> just on that, there was a thing, wasn't there? That used to be that your academy got an investment as well. Um, that was nine hundred thousand. So is that? extra or have you so, got to include your academy in that money no i mean i when i've googled for all the sort of differences i've not seen anything about uh apart from the bits about sort of academy players having to be yeah. in the squad or whatever you want to call them not seen anything about that so um i don't know whether that depends on the grade of your your because they used to grade the academies and stuff didn't they yeah so that might I know newport of uh, newport got absolutely some of the players that come through their academy from when they obviously went up years ago yeah and then they sort of developed it kicked on they've had some players come through their academy uh who've gone on obviously to for bigger careers and they really benefited from that but like you say i mean isn't it mad how they say this the fair play and all that whatever yet the addition you 1.1 money before you've even started don't they I, i've got a feeling as well Right, but I remember it's been a long time since we've been here, so you don't pay attention yeah. to some of the stuff, no. do you? And and it's not readily available. All this stuff that I've got here has come from different. You know, there isn't a definitive site that the AFL say that this is the difference. This is what's going to happen. Uh, so mm. it's really hard. But I think also, and I could be wrong, that your young players are not as easy to poach away. I think there is some True. element of of yeah. protection because I think in the national league, if you've got some wonder kid in your youth. Any old bod can just turn up and take them off you. Whereas I think once you get into the EFL, I'm sure it gets slightly more complicated or you get at, uh, levels of compensation. Um, so that was just an ancillary thing that uh, that had come up. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, three weeks worth of Mullins wages, laughing. That's going to help us, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, and then for the statisticians... Um, for, the, for all the statos, uh, and I think this is a really big one. So, um, in the National League, there is not a decent website that will tell you assists, uh, you know, good individual uh, player data, uh, good team data. People just aren't bothered. Um, whereas in from League Two upwards, there are hundreds of websites, I've dozens of websites that will give you exact info. So you haven't got to track it yourself on a wall chart and be, you know, putting it down. Um, it is all there for you. So we'll know how many assists everybody's got. Um, a lot of them do ratings and stuff like that as well. And XG, XG, we're going to have XG for Wrexham games. This is unbelievable. Um, so I know, Alex, you're a statistician and you'll be really excited by that, won't you? Yeah, it's the main reason why I'm glad we got promoted, to be honest. More reps with the stats. Um, what websites are you talking about out of interest and for the viewers? Um, uh, SofaScore. Well, I use SofaScore. 
um, yeah. because that's very similar to flash score, but it has lots of stats on it. Uh, who scored, I think, is another one. There's low, if you just just Google EFL stats and just see which one you like the look of. Um, but uh, yeah, they actually it turns out that they do send people to EFL games, but they don't to National League games. So uh, we will maybe have I need to get advanced markets on Skybet as well. Uh, uh, yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, um, not that we condone any of that, obviously. Yeah, Alex, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need. Um, I think I need knots to come up then, because I always just go to Tom Williams for my stats. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, he is, he, uh, you know. But um, I, d- I don't really need to know who's uh, the top assist scorer for Dorking next year, do I really? But um, hey, don't knock Dorking, you know. I know, I know, I like Dorking, but uh, I just don't need to know the. <laughs> the ins and outs of their uh, stats, do I? Dorkin are going to be my national league. To be able to find out. Yeah, yeah. Dork, Dorkin are going to be my national league follow. I think next year. I, yeah. Uh, uh, I I think that, you know that bunch of amateurs episode is quite good actually. Have you seen it? The one that they released yeah. this week. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, and just something I've just realised something, Alex. You were talking about uh, uh, support at Wembley. I had seen. I think this was within the last week. That obviously for the FA Trophy final, one of the teams had sold about five thousand tickets, and one of them had sold three. I can't remember who's in it. It's Halifax and Gateshead and Halifax. Gateshead, um, but obviously you know there's still time to go. Obviously you know, but but just up until this point, uh, that was the estimate that the, that they were that they'd released. So uh, you know, it does. I make... did hear they were um, they were going to move it to Wembley Arena next door. To, uh... <laughs> put it five aside, yeah. Well, it doesn't make you wonder, does it? Because uh, you know, crikey. So hopefully there'll be some last-minute sales for them to justify going to Wembley. Um, but yeah, so that's my list. Have we missed it? I mean, what have we missed? Have we missed anything? Have we done a good job there? Um, we don't have to put up with Adam Virgo. So that was Sorry. another good one. Okay. We'll be able to keep the League Two, not rest of the world anymore. That was Alex's that he tweeted yeah. me before, to be fair. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we won't need to be in rest of the world. But that made yeah. a good advert, uh, a good social media clip or whatever it was that yeah, they did, didn't yeah. it? Um, I think you've done well with that list. I think you've covered most of the, most well, of the main bits. I'll tell you what, look, getting... Oh, I've, get... got, I've thought of one, I think. Oh, go on, Richie, go, go on. Yeah, go on. The yellow ball is compulsory, November to February. Love it. I love a yellow ball in the winter months. Yep. Oh, the the old the old balls were better though. The old Nikes uh, that they use yep. in the prep. Okay, that's a good one. So we're gonna have to have a yellow ball uh, for the winter months. I did also see they've changed rules around your kits. So you can of all your three kits now, you're allowed to chop and change what you use. Um. Because uh, it's an accessibility thing for people with uh, with visibility issues, so we might end up playing a game with uh, black's probably a bad example. I would have thought, but for argument's sake, a black shirt, white shorts. What what away kit did they say we were having? Was it yellow, white? What was the second kit? Um, I've lost. I can't I remember now. Green, yellow, green or yellow? I think it no, was. it was yellow. I think it, I don't think it was green. Um, so we could have a right mixture if we have to at some games next season, um, with uh, with them. And as uh, that's what it was, it was for. It was for uh, it was for the people with poor, with poor vision. 
Um, you sometimes might have to change your kit around. So yeah. Can you imagine the referees? They must have taken five kits of them. I imagine they have the. the I've, again, we've not looked. I'm assuming they have the yellows and the purples and the greens rather than the blacks. With us being able to play in the black. Yeah. Um, on the note of referees, we've missed one big thing about the difference between the National League and Football League. I think you're going to make a mistake here, but go on. You're going to say we're not going oh. to have Paul Marsden or whoever. I was going to say, would the quality of referees improve in theory? <laughs> So, having, having seen what people have written, I would say not. Uh, if you remember, the guy who did the Grimsby game got promoted, didn't he? If you remember that penalty he missed on Ozana in that Grimsby playoff semi-final. Pole axe to the ground, yeah. <laughs> he was, like, wiped out. And then he, <laughs> a week later, he was promoted into League Two. So, um, I'm not sure. I mean, is there good referees anymore? I'm not sure there is. What do you think, Rich? I very rarely see, even in the Prem now, you don't see them. No, you, it's uh, obviously got the VAR thing and that, whatever, higher up. But I think you you may get the odd one, isn't it? But again, it depends what teams are playing as well, if that makes sense. If you've got a team who are really a physical team, like if you've got, I don't know, say two really good footballing teams, say you've got Swansea played Notts County, they might not be much to referee, if that makes sense. Yeah. But if you've got, um, you know, main Ned against, I don't know, who's a long ball team, Rotherham or something, it might be uh, where... There's a lot of flying elbows and bad tackles. I think it just it does depend on the teams, doesn't it? As well. Yeah. Well, that does. I guess. I guess we 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 could wrap up with a few minutes about teams. So obviously we get a. Uh, are we allowed to call it a Welsh derby? Yeah. We get a Welsh derby back, um, with Newport, um, and I think that one of the good things is there is a there is more games further north in this league than there is in the national the national league seems to be two-thirds you, you you're doing four-hour journeys down south is how it feels um when certainly when you're on the buses uh whereas obviously there is a lot more up here so who are you looking forward to playing alex is it the derby game is it that game i mean i oh, tram here on a friday night under the lights i don't know what do you um, I've got a few pending. These teams don't go up, of course. And um, Bradford City away, Sparky, Sparky, yeah, big team, big away allocation. Probably a good city to uh, have a few drinks in before the game. And then Stockport Crew and Tramier and Doncaster are the other ones I'm looking forward to. Why Doncaster? I think they're yeah, a big please. team, big ground, big away allocation. Um, yeah, I think it's a proper football league fixture, isn't it? Doncaster v Wrexham. Okay. And I think we'd easily sell out three, four thousand, however much they want to give us. All right, go on, Richie. Any for you? What, what are yours? I mean, the, the, the crew, crew tram mere stop, but you know, those ones within sort of an hour are obviously always going to be the ones that are, uh, you know, they're the closest thing to being a derby, aren't they? So go on, Rich. Uh, a couple for me. I've got uh, Doncaster, same as Alex. Oh, okay. Um, I've got Mansfield. Cause I've never been there. Yeah. Obviously, depending on where it happens or whatever. Isn't and... uh, Nigel Clough at Mansfield? Yeah. He's still managing him, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Morecambe, if they come down. Oh, okay. Looking at that one, Morecambe away is. Uh, I've never if... been to that one. In fact, I think isn't Accrington in the relegation zone as well currently. In um, they, they, they won uh, last night, didn't they? Oh, did they? Oh, they might have come out of it. Big then. win, yeah, big win for them. Forest yeah. Green are definitely down. I mean, yeah, got Cambridge, Oxford, MK Dons, Accrington, Morecambe, 
could be any two or three of those teams. Yeah, Morecambe actually take your own pace to uh, Forest Green. <laughs> Morecambe used to have a good relationship with Airbus. They used to uh, they used to play friendlies and stuff, so they used to have a very good relationship there. We've got the news on the parade. The boys are going to Las Vegas, aren't they? So that's why they're getting the parade out the way early because they'll be in Las Vegas then. We'll get the retained list, obviously, probably at the end of next week. Yeah, after the parade, I think, wouldn't it? It'd probably be... I uh... think it might actually be the morning after. (laughs) (laughs) Can you you imagine? Maybe there'll be uh, a minibus behind it. (laughs) A minibus behind it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see who's on which bus there. Um, (laughs) So, obviously, uh, for people who don't know, uh, the club will release some of the players who are at the end of their contracts, they won't offer them new contracts and that, but they'll tell us who, who those players are um, and who we're keeping via what we call a retained. We haven't got another name for it. Have we? It's just a, a retained no. list. Um, so some of the free agents um, that'll be mulling around and there is about six or seven of them. Um, uh, we'll, we will know whether they're going to get new deals or whether they're uh, being let go and we'll, uh, Les Reed will be working his magic to uh, get us some, a couple of shiny League One players, maybe, do we think? Ah, I yes, think we could definitely. even higher. Do you think we're going championship for, for, for one could, or two? We could pinch some championship players, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, don't spoil You better do some research and tell us who we're going to sign then. Cause don't spoil it, obviously, now, because today isn't the day, but that might be a good... Uh, a good summertime pod that we uh, Alex tells us who we're going to sign Billy Sharp from Sheffield United can can you you imagine I don't think (laughs) he'd ever (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he'd play for us I think he'd get glassed somewhere or something (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see yeah okay so Alex is telling us Alex has revealed on the pod that we're signing championship players I'm going to tweet that out now so you must listen because Alex says that we're signing championship players. We're going to be on Sky Sports <laughs> and we're going to sign championship players. Heard it here first. Yeah. And our own TV channel. Yeah, I'm game for that. I think that's. I, I agree about the Sky Sports thing. I like Richie's theory on on uh, on Bale. I like that. I could see that happening. That that is. Uh... Have you been told something, Richie, or have you just made that up? <laughs> No, it's just an an assessment when I've I've seen it and thought everyone's thinking, oh, he's signing for League Two. Let's be realistic here, you know, where the guy's been and come from. I agree. uh, And he ended by end his career, but isn't it just a we're playing exhibition matches? I know we say pre-season friendly, a pre-season tour, but they're actually exhibition matches, aren't they? Yeah, that's what the Americans call them, and you know, and I just think he'll he'll be making his appearance. You know, unfortunately. Liam McElinda might have to lose his squad number. <laughs> there, it was out of contract, interestingly. Just, just going to add to that. Just, to, yeah. just, just to add. Uh, but um, we've still got two games to announce of that. Surely they're going to be American teams, aren't they? It's got to be Philly, isn't it? Philadelphia, do you think? I would, I'd be amazed if it isn't. Because um, they'd have definitely been trying to do that since day dot, won't they? Um, yeah. And the other game would surely be. And I did see an online rumour speculating that there was a game again. But it was 
I don't know. What, I, 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 I'm not sure whether I dreamt it after Saturday night now, after having some beers. But I saw somebody speculating or somebody saying that they thought or heard that there was a, a friendly potentially at Celtic Park. But that could have, that could have been the Wrexham Lager speaking. <laughs> but that'd be tasty. I wouldn't mind a trip up there. Yeah, I mean, it's a great ground. Um, I just think on the other game in America, I wonder whether it could be an MLS All-Stars. Or Will Ferrell's lot. Oh, no, Matthew could McConaughey's be. top lot. Because they mm. talked about it. Uh, I can't remember. That's uh, Who is that? That was a... Texas or Austin or Dallas. It's one of those. Oh, yeah, it, it's definitely Texas way. Because um, yeah. he he talked about it actually on a what, live on TV when he was commentating, didn't he? Yeah, we've sorted yeah. it, lads. We've got it. We've some at all sorted. We've done it. We've done it. All right. And let's not forget Torquay away on Saturday. <laughs> let's just go and party at Torquay. If you if you've got tickets, go and party. I'm going to go to where like the Mice Queen or something. I'm going to go. So uh, yeah, if you're going to if you're going to Torquay, you have to go naked and carry an inflatable trophy because that's what Richie's going to do. <laughs> right, enjoy we'll do your that. trip. We'll do <laughs> enjoy your trip, Richie, and uh, we'll will. We'll, uh, we'll come back another time, and we'll see. We'll talk more next week. There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town a city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Come rain or shine, you'll hear our cries Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury I've been telling I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey Di Davis was a druid, he loved Cumbri And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far feel like Trinidad We've had great plays And some who drove us mad We've seen the Lord Everything on that promotion
Back in the football league 